Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. And as we've been in this series of transformation, I don't think there's any greater way to be transformed than by the power of the Holy Spirit doing his work inside of us, making Jesus alive in us, taking the Bible and making it alive, since, after all, he breathed the words to begin with, his life, his breath, his power at work inside of us and through us. Who is he? He's God, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, while we fight our battles in life, he fights for us and empowers us. While we attempt to to walk in the way that he's called us to walk in, he enables us. While we set our goals that we've talked about the last few weeks, he gives us wisdom. And while we work on our thinking, he gives us insight to filter out what needs to be moved out of our minds. Our verse for this series has been Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the Holy Spirit, he will help us. You know, some time ago, a friend of mine shared this story with me. His son, Michael, was a national champion cyclist. I even watched him race. Years ago, my son, Brian, was also involved in, in bicycle racing and criteriums. And on this one bike race, Michael suffered from dehydration. Now, I've been told by some of the top athletes that if you wait to drink when your mouth gets dry or you get thirsty, it's too late. Well, this particular race was tough. And on the rough and jagged course, the water bottles on Michael's bike had shaken and fallen. He, he made an error in judgment by thinking his conditioning and his will to win would compensate for the lack of water during the long and very hot ride. But he was wrong. It really came quite suddenly. And my friend tells it this way, that, that while his son was riding, his legs suddenly quit pedaling. His brain said, move, but his legs said, no. And he initially thought his legs were just cramping up. So he slowed down to stop and to stretch. And he soon discovered he couldn't even move his legs to get them out of the pedals that he was clipped to. And as he slowed to a stop, he, he simply fell over. Because of the kindness and awareness of some other riders, they came and gave him bottles of water. He began to hydrate himself and massage his legs, and he was able to get up and finish the race. You know, your mental conditioning and emotional will to win in life is not enough. We need more. And Jesus knew this. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's how Jesus put it in John 7, 38. That whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in were later to receive. And up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But it was Jesus who spoke these words in Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
It was this Jesus who wanted the water of the Holy Spirit to be inside of us, allowing us to be his witnesses. And the church? The church was born at Pentecost. Now, now Pentecost has become a sacred holiday. It's 50 days after Easter. Jesus dies on the cross. He rises again from the dead. And for 40 days, he's involved in what we call post-resurrection ministry. And then he ascends back into heaven. It was 10 days later that Pentecost happened. And it was always a holiday that celebrated, and catch this, the harvest of grain. The harvest of grain. Now think of the timing. The harvest of grain, and Jesus spoke of the harvest of people. He took fishermen and called them to fish for men. He looked at the harvest of grain and said, the people you see walking in the desert, those with their white robes, those who are coming into town, you go after them. And instead of looking at the grain and calling it harvest, he looked at the people. People need Jesus. They need the good news of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit was given to empower us to do what we cannot do on our own. Living water, supernatural power, wisdom and insight and God's favor. It is what we are called to do. Jesus said it then, and I will say it now. It's harvest time. And people are hungry for an encounter with God. They're longing for his presence, even if they don't know it. Jesus was all about saving lives. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. His purpose is clear. Now, I would like us to look at the biblical account of Pentecost. And I have several verses we're going to look at today and several verses I'm going to mention. Our text today is Acts 2, 42 and 47, and we have a brief outline of the kind of life and ministry that was experienced by Christians from the very outset of the church. There's something transformative in the lives of those early believers. They didn't play church. They didn't just check the box and say, I attended or I watched online. They move from being people of fear after the crucifixion of their rabbi and their teacher, their leader, Jesus, to faith. From fear to faith and power as a result of the Holy Spirit filling them. Allow me to read Acts 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their possessions, their goods. They gave to anyone that had need. Their generosity was amazing. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread, which was communion. In their homes, they ate together. They shared meals. And they had glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, the Lord added to their number. Why? Because he made a promise to them, like he does to us. I will build my church. And there became a real persistence in these followers. They were, first of all, persistent in prayer. And I encourage you, be persistent in prayer. Acts 2.42 says they were devoted to prayer. And Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves 
to prayer. It's a mandate from God. And we're to be persistent in learning. It says they devoted themselves to teaching, Acts 2.42. And we're to be persistent in priorities, to give our attention to prayer and to ministry. What matters most? God first, Acts 6.4. The life and ministry that we desire to identify with in Acts 2.42 to 47 cannot be separated from Acts 2.1 through 4. And here's how it reads. Acts 2, 1 to 4 says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It is precisely because the Holy Spirit was poured out that we can anticipate the possibility of a like experience of that to the New Testament church. Their devotion to the word and to prayer and breaking of bread and fellowship came as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So let me talk to you about staying devoted to the Holy Spirit's transforming work. And here's how to do that. Number one, we recognize your need, my need, our need for his empowering. Now, we talked a little bit last week about getting closer to God and the need for a dissatisfaction in our lives. I'm not satisfied with where I am in my spiritual journey. And that dissatisfaction encourages us and empowers us to want more of God. You see, if the Holy Spirit comes to empower us, we need to recognize our need for his empowering, and we need to welcome him. Acts 1.8 says you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I read a story about a young married couple. They were facing their first winter in their new fixer-upper home. This winter was cold. I mean, it was really cold, and the outdoor and indoor temperatures plummeted. They went to turn on the furnace, but nothing happened. So in fear of a costly expense, they, they finally mustered up enough, enough uh, faith to, to call the serviceman. He came out and trudged through the snow and came to their home and quickly diagnosed the problem. You see, the couple was afraid it was going to be something really costly and difficult to repair. But to their great relief, the repairman told them they simply needed a small, inexpensive part that worked as the igniter. You see, that's the switch which allowed the furnace to turn itself on and automatically turn itself off. The, the furnace was quite capable of producing enough warmth for their home, and the electrical supply was more than adequate. Only one simple thing was required, and then everything would be all right. So it is with us. When we wonder why things have grown cold spiritually, or maybe there's no spark or fire in our lives, quite often we miss out on the mercy and the grace of God. And it's the igniting power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't mean to be simplistic, but Luke in both his gospel and Acts clearly indicates the necessity of the Holy Spirit's empowering in our lives for us to be effective 
as people of Christ, as witnesses for him. Luke speaks of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Luke 3, 21 and 22, the Holy Spirit descends upon him. Remember when he was baptized in water. In Luke 4, 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led out by the Spirit, and that was his temptation. In Luke 4, 14, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he was victorious over the devil. And in Luke 4, 18, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news. <laughs> and to deliver those that are captive. And in the books of Acts, the Holy Spirit and the disciples is talked about. In 1.5, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 2.4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. We read that earlier. And in Acts 2.33, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And now you see, and now you hear. The second thing is that we realize uh, that he brings enablement, that the Holy Spirit brings enablement. Romans 8, 15 and 16 says, the Spirit himself testifies with us that we are the children of God. John 16, 13 says, this Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Oh, Romans 8, 15 and 16, again, that we are his kids. Galatians 5, and 23, that he empowers us to live in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, and so on. Romans 8, 26, that the Spirit of God intercedes for us and prays even when we don't know how to pray. And Romans 8, 11, that he will give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit. John 16, 8, that he will convict the world of guilt and righteousness and judgment. You see, this is God's work, and he does it through his Holy Spirit. Verse after verse reminds us the Holy Spirit is active and alive and at work. And the third thing I want you to see is that we need to refuse to resist him. It's possible to resist God. Pretty amazing. But he's given us, this powerful, mighty God of the universe, the power to accept him or reject him, the power to choose him or to choose ourselves. Acts 7, 51, you stiff-necked people, I'm not, not talking to you, this is Stephen talking to the people in the New Testament. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors, and watch this, you always resist the Holy Spirit. You see, when you sense the Holy Spirit moving, his whisper, his nudge, when you're reading the scriptures and the, and the words become alive to you, here's what you need to do. Cooperate with him. You see, Hebrews 3 speaks about the Holy Spirit can be rebelled against, and you can have a hard heart towards him. Uh, Paul in Thessalonians says that the Spirit can be quenched. Now, here's the fourth thing we need to do, is release to others the gifts that he's given to you. The gifts of God are not to be on display and that's it. The gifts of God are not to make me, make me or you a super Christian. The gifts of God are given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit so we can share them with others. 1 Peter 4.10. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. As I read through the scriptures, I find in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are meant for sharing. Ephesians 4, 12, the gifts of the Spirit were meant for preparing and building up God's people. 
And the fifth thing I want you to see is that we need to remain open to the Holy Spirit filling us, filling you, filling me. This is a constant invitation from him to be filled. And it has to be a willingness on our heart. The great evangelist of yesterday, Dwight L. Moody, was was always talking about the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And someone asked him, if you were filled with the Holy Spirit at salvation or at baptism, why do you need to be refilled so often? And Moody answered very humbly and honestly, because I leak. I leak. You see, when it comes to God's grace and God's spirit, I think it's safe to say that all of us leak with all that we're going through and all that we've been through. It's, there's a leakage on our lives and we need him to fill us. Ephesians 5, 18, Paul understood this. He said, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. It's a continual active word. I need you, Lord. Oh, I need you. Fill me. You see, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not an option. The the verb is translated be filled, and it's an imperative. That's just another way of saying it's a command. And that command is also in the second person plural. That's a lot. But instead of you, singular, be filled, it's you all be filled. It's like saying you all come in. You all find your seat. Be filled is addressed to every Christian. Every Christ follower needs to be filled with the Spirit. And since the Bible commands it, this must be something that is possible for every follower of Jesus Christ to obey and every follower of Jesus Christ to have. It's his grace working in us. I I think of the old chorus, and if you're an old timer, you know this. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me and mold me and fill me and use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Luke eleven thirteen, And this is a great promise for us. If you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God wants you. And God wants me to have the Holy Spirit in us. See, we cannot fill ourselves. The verb Paul used was showing them that they were not the ones doing the filling. It was someone else on the outside doing the action to them. And that's the cry of the hour. Holy Spirit, fill us. Do what only you can do. And what do we need to do? We need to resist pride and we need to resist fear. What difference would it make in your life if you acknowledged your ongoing need of the Holy Spirit? If you had a a personal Pentecost every day as you rose in the morning and you said, God, fill me, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Would you be more cognizant of your, your, your temptations in life and the Holy Spirit's role in helping you obey God? Would you become a a bolder witness for the Lord? After all, Jesus said, you'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses. Would the fruit of the Spirit be more evident in your life? Pastor and prolific author Max Lucado puts it this way. Invite the Holy Spirit into every room of your heart. Allow nothing to be off limits. 
No place and no space. No issue and no memory. Come Holy Spirit. Come into every relationship, every dream, every future, every young person, older person. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Regardless of a culture that laughs and mocks our faith, come Holy Spirit and give us your power. Come Holy Spirit and use our church, Lompoc Foursquare Church, to become all that you intended for it to be. Every person and every person that's going to come in the months and years to come, that our church would be a place where people would sense the presence of God. Because people, well, they have information about God, but in their searching, they need the presence of God. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, Jesus told us, I'm leaving, but he's coming. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will fill you. He will empower you. I pray that you will ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life this day. I pray that you will invite him into every room of your heart, that you'll invite him into your mind so your mind can be transformed and renewed. And I pray that you will invite him afresh into your life. Oh, and by the way, when he comes, he always brings Jesus with him. And when he comes, he always brings the Father with him. The Trinity does not travel alone. Though they're three distinct persons, they come together. I want more of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to know the Father in a greater way, in a greater dimension. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want him to use me in my relationships, in my marriage, as a father and a grandfather, as a pastor, as a friend. You need that too. Let's invite the Holy Spirit afresh. Don't resist him. Don't push him away. And don't be in fear. He's not going to make you weird or crazy. He's going to make you all that he intended for you to be. So Lord God, on this Pentecost day, we invite you into our lives. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. And with my friends today, I, I pray for them by the power of the Holy Spirit that you will fill them like never before, that we will know more of you, God, a greater love for your word, a greater love for worship, a greater love for our neighbors. Use us by the power of the Holy Spirit to be all that you intended for us to be and continually fill us as we continually ask. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. In the mighty name of Jesus, God bless you, and we'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.